Hello and welcome to Serrated Edge. Today I'm going to be reading Harin in the Sea of Stories by Sam and Rushdie. Enjoy. You ready? Okay. This part gets really good. Faster and faster went the mail coach. The passengers started to hoot and howl with excitement and fear. Through the village... After vill- through village after village, Mr. Butt drove at top speed. Haroon observed that in each village, a man carrying a large mailbag would be waiting for the bus stop by the bus stop in the village square, and that this man would look first confused, then furious, as the mail coach roared by him without even slowing down. Haroon could also see that at the rear of the mail coach, there was a special a special area, separated from the passengers by a wire mesh partition that was piled high with mailbags, just like those held by the angry, fist-shaking men in the village squares. Mr. Butt had apparently forgotten to deliver or collect the mail. Don't we need to stop for the letters, Hearn finally went forward to inquire. At the same moment, Rashid, the storyteller, cried out, do we need to go so blanking fast? Mr. Butt managed to make the mail coach go even faster. Need to stop? He bellowed over over his shoulder. Need to go so quickly? Well, my sirs, I'll tell you this. Needs a slippery snake. That's what it is. The boy here says that you, sir, needed a view before sunset. And... Maybe it's so, and maybe it's no. And some might say that the boy here needs a mother. And maybe it's so, and maybe it's no. And it's been said that of me that but needs speed. But, 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 but. It may be that my heart truly needs a different sort of thrill. Oh, needs a funny fish. It makes people untruthful. They all suffer from it, but they will not always admit. Hurrah, he added, pointing. The snow line, icy patches ahead, crumbling road surface, surface, hairpin bends, danger of avalanches, full speed ahead. He simply decided not to stop for the mail in order to keep his problem to her no problem, he shouted gaily. Everybody gets other people's correspondence. Anyhow, in this country of so many, too many places and so few, too many, too few names. The mail coach rushed up into the mountains of M, swinging around terrifying curves with a great squealing of tires. The luggage, which was all tied, tied down on the roof rack, began to shift about in a worrying way. The passengers, who all looked alike now that their perspiration had finished turning the dust that covered them into mud, began to complain. My hold all, yelled the mud woman. Crazy buffalo, loony tune, desist from your speeding or my possessions will throw to king will, will be thrown to kingdom come. It is we ourselves who will be thrown, madam, the mud man answered sharply. So less noise about your personal items, please. He was interrupted angrily by a second mud man. Have a care! It is my good wife that you are insulting.
Then a second mud woman joined in. So what? For so long she had she has been shouting, shouting in my husband's good ear. So why should he lodge? Why not should he lodge complaint? See her, the dirty skinny bones. Is the is she a woman or a money stick? See here, this bend. What a tight. See here, this bend. What a tight one, <laughs> Mister Butt sang out. Here, two weeks ago, occurred a major disaster. Bus plunged into goalie. All persons killed. Sixty-seven, six, 60-70 lives minimum. Good. Too sad. God, too sad. If you desire, I can stop taking photographs. Oh, if you desire, I can stop f- for taking photographs. Yes, stop, stop, the passengers begged. Anything to make him slow down, but Mr. But went even faster instead. Too late, he yelled on Kaylee. Anything already, it is far behind. Requests must be more promptly made if I am to comply. I did it again, Harun was thinking. If we crash now, if we're smashed to bits or fried like potato chips in a burning rack, it'll be my fault this time, too. Now they were in... Now they were high in the mountains of Ven, and Haroon felt sure that the mail coach was speeding up as they got higher. They they were so high that there were clouds in the gorges below them, and the mountainsides were covered in thick, dirty snow, and the passengers were shivering with the cold. The only sound to be heard in the mail coach was the chattering of teeth. Everyone had followed fallen into a scared and frozen silence while Mr. Butt was concentrating so hard on his high-speed driving that he even stopped yelling yahoo and pointing out the sides of and pointing out the sites of particularly gruesome accidents. Haroon had the feeling that they were floating on a sea of silence that a wave of silence was lifting them up 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 towards the mountain tops, his mouth was dry and his tongue felt stiff and caked. Rashid couldn't make a sound either, not even ark. Any moment now, Harun was thinking, and he knew that something very similar must be in in the mind of every of each passenger. I'm going to be wiped out like a word on a blackboard. One swoosh of the duster, and I'll be gone for good. Then he, he saw the cloud. The mail coach was streaking up the side of a narrow ravine. Up ahead, the road swung so sharply to the right that it seemed they must plunge over the edge. Roadside notices warned of the extra danger danger, and words so severe that they no longer rhymed. Drive like hell and you will get there, was one. And also, be dead slow or be dead. Just then, a thick just then a thick cloud shot through with impossible, impossible shifting colors. A cloud from a dream or a nightmare hopped up from the gorge below them and popped itself down on the road. They hit it just as they went down the bend, and the sudden darkness heard, and in the sudden darkness her heard, heard butt slamming on the brakes as hard as he could. Noise returned. Screams, skidding of tires. This is it, Haroon thought. And then they were out of the cloud, in a place with smooth walls curving up above them, and rows of yellow lights set in the ceiling above. Tunnel, 
Mr. Buttonet, at the far end, the valley of, at the far end, valley of K. Hours to sunset, one. Time and time. Tunnel, some minutes only. One view coming up. Like I said, no problem. They came out of the tunnel of eye, and Mr. Butt stopped the mail coach so that everyone could enjoy the sight of the sun setting over the Valley of K, with its fields of gold, which really grew saffron, and its silver mountains, which were really covered in glistening pure white snow, and its dull lake, which didn't look dull at all. Rashid Khalifa hugged Harun and said, Thanks for fixing this up, son, but I admit that for some time I thought we were all fixed good and proper. I mean done for. Finito. Katam should. Katam should, Harun frowned. What was that story you used to tell? Rashid spoke as if he were remembering an old, old dream. Katam should, he said slowly, is the arch enemy of all stories, even of language itself. He's the prince of silence and the foe of speech. And because everything end, ends, because dreams end, stories end, life ends, at the finish of everything, we use his name. It's, fin- it's finished, we tell one another. It's over. Katam should, the end. The place is already this place is already doing you good, Harun noted. No more Ark. Your crazy stories are starting to come back. On the way down into the valley, Mr. Butt drove slowly and with extreme caution. But 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 there is no need for speed now that my service has been performed, he explained to the quivering mud men and mud women. <laughs> then all glared furiously at Harun and Rashid. As the light failed, they passed a sign that had originally read, Welcome to K. But somebody had daubed it with crude, irregular letters, so, it now, so now it said, Welcome to Koshmar. What's Koshmar, Harun wanted to know. It's the work of some miscreant. It's the work of some miscreant, shrugged Mr. Butt. Not every person in the valley is happy, as you may find. It's a word from the ancient tongue of Frange, which is no longer spoken in these parts, Rashid explained. In those long-gone days, East the Valley, which is now simply called K, had other names. One, if I remember correctly, was Kachemir. Another was Koshmar. Did these names mean anything? Harinra asked. All names mean something, Rashid replied. Let me think. Yes, that was it. Kachmir can be translated as the place that hides the sea. But Koshmar is a ruder name. Come on, urged Harun. Can't stop there. In the old tongue, Rashid, Rashid admitted, it was the word for nightmare. It was dark when the mail coach arrived at the bus depot in K. Haroon thanked Mr. Butt and said goodbye. But, 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 I will be here to escort, escort you home, he said. Best seats will be kept, no question. Come when you're ready. I will be steady, then we'll go. Varoom, no problem. 
Harun had been afraid that more shouting men would be waiting for Rashid here, but Kay was a remote place, and news of the storyteller's disastrous performance in the town of G had not traveled as fast as Mr. Butt's mail coach, so they were greeted by the boss himself. Um, the top man in the ruling party of the valley, the candidate in the forthcoming elections, on whose behalf Rashid had agreed to appear. This boss was a fellow so shiny-faced and smooth, dressed in white, bu- dressed in white bush shirt and trousers so starchy, clean, and neat that the little scruffy little mustache scraggling over his upper lip seemed to have been borrowed from someone else. It was far too tawdry for an agent as slick as this. The slick gent greeted Rashid with a movie star smile whose insincerity made Haroon feel ill. Esteemed Mr. Rashid, he said, an honor for us. A legend comes to town. If Rashid were to flop in the Valley of K the way he had in the town of G, Green thought this gent would soon change his tune. But Rashid looked pleased by the flattery, and any and anything that cheered him up was worth putting up with in the present. The name, the slick gent, um, gent said, inclining his head slightly and clicking his heels together, is Batu. Almost the same as the mail coach driver, Hearn exclaimed, and the slick gent with the ratty mustache threw up his hands in horror. Not at all the same as any bus driver, he shrieked. Suffering Moses, do you know who, to whom you speak? To you speak? Do I look like the bus driver type? Well, excuse me, Harun began, but Mr. Batu was marching away, nose in the end. Respected Mr. Rashid, to the to the lakeside, he commanded over his shoulder. Bears will bring your bags. During the five-minute walk to the shore of the Dole Lake, Harun began to feel distinctly uneasy. Mr. Batu and his party, which now included Rashid and Harun, were permanently surrounded by exactly 101 heavily armed soldiers, and such ordinary people as Harun noticed on the street um, wore extremely hostile expressions. There's a bad feeling in this town, he told himself. If you live in a sad city, you know unhappiness when you run into it. You can smell it on the night air when the fumes of cars and trucks have faded away and the moon makes everything look clear. Rashid had come to the valley because he remembered it as the most joyful of places, but it was plain that trouble had found its way up to here now. How popular can this platoon be if he needs all these soldiers to protect him? Harun wondered. He tried to whisper to Rashid that perhaps the slick gent with the face fuzz wasn't the right fellow to support in the election campaign, but there were are, but there were always too many soldiers within earshot. And then they reached the lake. Waiting for them was a boat in the shape of a swan. Nothing but the best for the distinguished Mr. Rashid crooned snooty Mr. Batu. Tonight you stay in the finest houseboat on the lake as my guest. I trust it'll it will not prove to too humble 
for a grandee as exalted as you. He sounded polite, but he was really being insulting. Haroon understood. Why did Rashid put up with it? Um, Haroon climbed into the swan boat, feeling irritated. Oarsmen in army of uniform, in army uniform, began to row. Haroon looked down into the water of the dull lake. It seemed to be full of strange currents crisscrossing in intricate patterns. Then the swan boat passed what looked like a carpet floating on the water surface. Floating garden, Rashid told Haroon. You weave lotus roots together to make a carpet, and then you can grow vegetables right here on the lake. His voice had a melancholy ring again, so Haroon murmured, Don't be sad. Sad? Unhelp? Unhappy? Yelp, snooty Batu. Surely eminent Mr. Rashid is not dissatisfied with their arrangements. Rashid, the, story, the storyteller, had always been incapable of inventing any stories about himself, so he, he answered heartily. Sir, not so. This is an affair on the heart. Why did you tell him that? Haroon thought fiercely, but Snooty Batu was delighted by the revelation. Not to worry, unique Mr. Rashid, he cried tactlessly. She may have left you, but there are plenty more fish in the sea. Fish? Haroon thought with rage. Did, did he say fish? Was his mother Pomfret? Must she now be compared to a glumfish or, glumfish or a shark? Really, Rashid should bop this Batu right on his stuck-up nose. The storyteller tra trailed a hand listlessly on the waters of the Dole Lake. Ah, but you must go a long, long way to find an angelfish, he said, as if the response, as if in response to his words, the weather changed. A hot wind began to blow, and a mist rushed, uh, rushed at them across the water. The next thing they knew, they could see nothing at all. Never mind the angelfish, Heron thought. I can't even, just for the moment, find the tip of my nose. That's the end of the chapter. This episode was produced, as always, by Gavin Snyder. If you like this episode, please subscribe wherever you listen. Uh, bye.